This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up and living well in the process. And although I'm coming from the perspective of a performing artist, the issues and themes, strategies here are applicable to all of us. Whether you call yourself an artist or not, living is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, dancer, actor, writer, and educator living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Coast Salish peoples on the west coast of Canada. And this is a special episode. This is our 10th episode. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Today, I have an interview with Alana Kreveld, an amazing maker, educator, mover from Montreal. Also, please rate and review this podcast. Tell your friends. That's how we spread the word. And if you feel so inclined to help us keep this podcast ad-free, you can go to terrashyan.com, upper right-hand corner, and click donate. We'll also put the link to donate in the show notes. Before we dive into my interview with Alana Kreveld, notes from the studio, the segment where I update on how things are going with my current artistic process. The good news is I did receive funding. Yay. Bells, whistles, confetti, bonbons, cinnamon buns. It's a big deal. Um... It's a show, it's currently called The Body Project or Worn Peace. Think about it, Worn, W-O-R-N, Peace, P-I-E-C-E. Uh-huh, nice, huh? Um, and I've been working on this for a couple of years. So this is a big deal that we now have enough support to take us to the finish line or the premiere of this project, which is about female body image or female identifying and non-binary body image. It's a huge topic. It's a really kind of crazy, mind-bending, emotional roller coaster of a process. But I am so, so grateful for all my collaborators and artists and our funding bodies here in Canada. We're lucky. Um, So that's great news. So right now it's schedule time. It's get everything lined up and get people contracted and on board so that we can get in the studio and and make it. I'm very, very excited. Okay, let's dive in to my interview with Alana Kreveld. I will post her bio, which is impressive. She's done a lot of really interesting things, worked with a lot of really interesting people. And if you are in Vancouver, during March 2020, and you can catch her work at the Vancouver International Dance Festival. I highly recommend it. So I'm talking today with Alana Kreveld from Montreal, who is in Vancouver currently. We're recording this at the Dance Center in downtown Vancouver, BC. And there will be some ambient noise um, because As Alana said just moments ago, 
dances rock and roll and you just don't know what's going to happen and who's going to close the door loudly. Anything can happen. Um, so we're going to dive in in a minute. Alana is here. Can I say resetting or re like rehearsing? Because the piece, we'll get into the piece a little bit um, on modus operandi yeah. dancers for the Vancouver International Dance Festival, March 8th and March 15th. You should see the piece. It's free. Oh God, and it's free. And it's free. Yeah. So you have no excuse. Um, the reason, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is because when I saw the piece two years ago, year and a half ago. Last June? Or it could have been last June. Yeah. That's also possible. A little less time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have, it's either I completely overestimate how long something was in the past or totally underestimate. I'm like, well, that was just like a couple months ago. And then somebody say, no, Tara, that was three years ago. Mm. So it was just in June. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So much has happened since then. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, I was just like totally struck by it. Um, and it, um, it just like did so many things that I have not seen dance do. Um, and then I took just, I was able to take two days of Alana's workshop with 605 in December, which gave me a little, a little bit of a window into how you make, I think, and your practice. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I, I really wanted to talk to you. Um, I was like, oh, okay. oh. I didn't know that you saw the, the Modus piece. I did. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, man. What did you think it was doing? It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was probably doing everything you intended it to do. I, what it, it, it the, the way it, because I had also been, I had been working with the Modus students like a month or two previous. I work a lot in like voice and movement and that that sort of thing and so the what came out was just like so connected to task which is also something I'm so interested in mm -hmm. they were so connected to task they were so connected with themselves and each other mm -hmm. and then just the creation of this amazing flow of transformation of constant transformation um, and it was so exciting and their costumes were very cool too. Oh yeah, the little fringe. Yeah, just the little, just a little bit just of fringe. Just a little bit of fringe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is excellent. Yeah, I feel like we have to thank Kate Franklin for that because she was like, I'm just, she's like, I don't think there's a budget for this. I'm just gonna buy a little bit and everyone will get a little square. <laughs> oh, that's genius. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's not she, a budget. She really, she really made that happen. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I and think it works at least so well. that's that's the last word I got. But yeah, thank you, Kate Franklin. Oh, so much to thank Kate Franklin it's, for. It's true. <laughs> um, so, what's your journey to get here? Because you are a performer, you're a creator and choreographer, and you're an educator. Like, how did I arrive at Modus? Or how did you arrive at this point in your life as an artist? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah? I mean, I guess I did a lot of planning. Did you? But then other things happened. Like what? Well, I guess kind of the first funny story of planning. Uh, so now I'm going way back. When Great. I was walking here, I was like, I'm not going to go way back. That's so boring. Is it though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 
I don't know. I remember when I was learning history as a student in school. Yeah. I was like, why don't we start with today and then work backwards? So that way I always have a point of connection to what we're talking about. Mm. You know, because of course you always start with the oldest possible moment. Right. <laughs> Just like, I don't know why this is relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a super good point. Yeah. And so I, yeah. maybe that's connected to my, my feeling of like, why would we start with what's so what seems so far away I mean 15 years ago I mean this is like in the dog years of dance years this is like 100 years ago <laughs> because right. right now I'm a very senior artist apparently mm -hmm. <laughs> oh we'll talk about that <laughs> we're trying to change that but I've only really been crutching away at it for 15 years like yeah. I feel like such a newbie but uh, I don't know, yeah, I really consider my, okay, so like planning, basically the funny story that I have about planning and then things happening mm -hmm. is <clears throat> literally the day after I graduated dance school, mm -hmm. uh, I went and I took a workshop with Peter Bonham in Toronto at Dance Makers. Right. But the reason that I wanted to take the workshop is because I wanted to make myself really visible to Serge Benetton, who at the time was the AD of the company there, and I was like, oh, if I can just be visible to Serge, maybe I'll have a shot at getting a job, you right. know? This was my plan. I guess if, that, if, one, yeah. could, if one could call that a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Take workshop, be seen by artistic director, well, maybe get jobs. It's a, it's a plan anyway. <laughs> I mean, it seems insane right now that I'm yeah. articulating it to yeah. But what happened was, is then I met Peter and I fell so in love with Peter and I ended up asking him if I could come out and work for his company, which ended up working out favorably enough for me. So that right was like a plan interrupted by some other meeting that then rerouted the plan. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It was beautiful. I was so happy to be working for Peter. Yeah. What a wonderful chance meeting. Oh. Yeah. So how long were you with Le Group? Well, I was at Le Group for four years and uh, really towards the end of the life of the company. So I was there yeah. for the last process in 2009 in January with Susanna Hood. And uh, yeah, I think that really installed just such a great base of a love of being a performer and like a researcher in the choreographic process and yeah, certainly got a lot of exposure there to different types of choreographic processes or was probably even exposed to choreographic process just as a thing because of course as you know if you experienced as a student, uh, I think at the time when I was a student between I guess 2001 and 2004 it was pretty just like, you know, rep like mounting stuff. I think maybe we did a few like creations, but you know, time is limited. So yeah, process, maybe process is happening when you're a student, but it's like a little bit limited. Yeah, I don't think a lot of attention is, is paid to actual well, process. I'm sure there's real logistical reasons for that, but <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, and maybe that's kind of like a good segue into today because mm -hmm. now I really feel like maybe all that foundational work of process that was so very much part of my early career as a dancer has definitely been a bit of a thread throughout my career as like a value. Right. Like I'm really attracted to things that are quite process oriented and uh, yeah. I've, as I discovered when I did a very brief uh, commercial gig for Cirque du Soleil and I think I had to dance probably, you know, like on a, a six by six foot space, I was like, I am not excelling in this context. <laughs> like not enough room to move, like literally and figur figuratively and yeah. literally, is that yeah. what you'd say? Yeah. So I think I need a good amount of wiggle room. And so I feel like 
process is a little bit more attached to that than something like production. Right. Or not necessarily production, but you know what I mean. Space, I space to move, rock and roll, like yeah. this parameters may be a little bit more expansive than it is tight or contained. Right. I think these are more the environments that I thrive in. Yeah. Or maybe the ones that I feel a deeper sense of connection to. Right. So yeah, so when I came to MODIS, and uh, you know, I think I would, I would conservatively use the word choreographer because I really, uh, you know, and you could interview some of the artists from MODIS mm -hmm. about what I said when we started making that piece. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a choreographer, so we need to figure this out together. Did you? <laughs> you know, I'm paraphrasing myself, but yeah, for sure, some of the the artists in the program could corroborate that right. that, that is in fact what happened. Yeah, and I, you know, I really wanted it to be a... Uh, yeah, for sure it was important to me that they were, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think we talk a lot about in the milieu about like performative, performativeness, that's not a word, but I think it you is know now. It is now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Boom. <laughs> I think you know what I'm getting at though. Y yeah, I, I, was, I was like, I guess having seen like a number of student shows, which I'm always so enthusiastic to see and will continue to go and see, uh, I appreciate that it's a moment where the artists are like really trying to share something of their learning in like a really tight time frame. Yeah, right. And somehow this isn't always conducive to like making visible some of those artists, maybe more of those artists' great kind of qualities or things that mm -hmm. there are to share. So this was on my mind as I yeah. was, as we were developing this thing together. Like, how can we get away a little bit from the stress of this sharing and needing to share in like a little 15 minute container all yeah. this great learning and curiosity. And yeah, kind of be like a little bit more expansive and feel like you've got a little bit more breathing room to kind of play and share and be seen and mm -hmm. or not be seen. Yeah, to just kind of feel like, I, I guess to redefine that space a little bit, whatever that space of performance is for the students, or the artists, I like to call them artists, yeah. because that's really what they are. They are. <laughs> they absolutely are, right? <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, f I feel great about it. I We shouldn't talk too much about the process, because it's going to be one of those things where it's like, I don't know, we... We started somewhere, and then something was abandoned, and then the idea of a lime came into play. Yeah. And then, you know, like, it's so boring, you know? Whatever. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a not, I don't know who finds process stuff interesting, I guess, sometimes. I kind of do. I, I kind of do, but I know what you mean. Not you know everybody I mean? does. It's like, I saw, like, I, all of a sudden I thought of a line. I saw a picture on Instagram, and I wanted to figure out what the movement was that was part of the picture. Yeah, you know, and then I was just being really observant of the people in the room and what they were doing with the material. Yeah. And then eventually we found a way to just have it all happen in time. Right. Right. <clears throat> and then there were further conversations about, you know, because we made something and then I left. I went back to Montreal. And then, of course, there was all this time between then and, you know, like a number of months between yeah. then and when they were going to perform it. And in the spirit, yeah, with a question of like, okay, how are you going to keep this alive and meaningful, which feels like a, a big and also important word to me these days. Yeah. Like this 
kind of quality of connection alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was like, okay, well, how are we going to deal with your questions, the questions of the artists uh, at Modus? Yeah. Uh, when I'm away, how are you going to let yourself ha- let yourselves have questions? How are we going to answer them? How are how are we going to keep giving space for your curiosity to yeah. like be inserted into the work and for things to evolve? Because that's always important. Because it's as you use the word transformation, it was yeah. absolutely not something that was valuing us a static idea, right? or a static set of ideas. Yeah. It was really about something evolving and like a permission for for this transformation, which is nice that it that was something that resonated for you. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> because so much of, uh, I think, you know, our, our milieu and just our training and like, you know, way back come from the Bunhead, you know, mm-hmm. arena. Um, that it's it's like getting things right and like you stick it and you repeat it and you repeat it and it doesn't shift and how I don't know it just like it gets it just grays out for me yeah uh, so it's so fantastic to see makers and artists just being being in that fantastic place of of transformation of allowing the people, the actual artists who are there to go through questions mm-hmm. and to be in that place of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, not just beforehand, but in, throughout the whole process, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to connect that to practice, I'd say practically in the practice that I'm offering as, or facilitating as a teacher yeah. is, uh, is trying to uh, give a space to illuminate those observations and then also like practically work on them. I'm a practical mm. gal, so yeah. if I spend too much time thinking about stuff, I think this usually immobilizes me a little bit. So I like to kind of get in there and do, which is probably a little bit of what you experienced mm-hmm. when you were in the room in December at the yeah. 605 Intensive. Which is so, which for me was like <laughs> the perfect thing. Because I'm like, you know, senior, like, you know, I'm, I'm pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> I'm pushing it. But like, What do you mean you're pushing it? I'm old. <laughs> er. <laughs> it's going to dance around that reality. Um, but so, you know, I mean, I'm old enough that when I go into class, I don't care. Um, yeah. But it's just so nice being in, being in a class that was, it, that was about process and being in task. Yeah. It was like super interesting mm-hmm. for me because I don't, I'm not interested in, you know, being in an arabesque anymore or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, did you come into the practice with, uh, with Fighting Monkey like after the group or? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on like a little downtime from touring. Yeah. At the time I would have been... Probably, I'd been working for Dave St. Pierre for maybe just a little under three years. Yeah. And uh, that was like, yeah, that was, what would you say? It was slowing down. Mm -hmm. And one of my colleagues uh, was like, oh, there's this workshop. This podcast is effing good. workshop with them at Impulse Dance. And it was a Fighting Monkey workshop with Linda and Yosef. And that was in 2015. And uh, yeah, for sure, you know... uh, 
I am like absolutely attracted to things that are physically rigorous. Mm -hmm. Like I studied ballet growing up and like I loved that. Yeah. Like if I could have danced Giselle professionally in my life, mm -hmm. I would have been a happy person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe crazy now if you only know me as the person who's like, you know, wearing like the judo pants and like yeah. the ripped t-shirt. But yeah, I just love Fabulous. ballet. I still have love for ballet. Oh, yeah. I think it's great. But uh, yeah, and then of course working with Peter, also a very physically, uh, uh, well, a rigorous practice in, in all mm -hmm. kinds of ways, but yeah, really physically demanding. I yeah. mean, you know, you'd be doing skips across the floor and like pirouettes after like 20 minutes. Yeah. So uh, was, he was just like, we don't care. Like, we're just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Double turn, land on the bar, go. <laughs> or whatever. Ooh. Yeah. 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 And, uh, which is also great because this is, this also was like a, something where, you know, coming from the ballet world or, you know, my kind of my formation, uh, in dance school was like, it was like, oh, this is possible. Like all of a sudden it illuminated this possibility. It was like, mm. oh yeah, we can just be doing things right away. Actually, like yeah. given like a certain, a certain few, uh, like respectable practical things that then become part of like the class environment like yeah right you know you don't have to overexert like if we're doing double pirouettes at the outside of class you don't have to overexert yourself like obviously we're or maybe not obviously but certainly in the world of peter i mean he was very focused on like use use the right energy i mean this yeah. was like part of the language he was he was using often so you know you knew it was it was going to be like balls to the wall in a manner of speaking, but in another manner of speaking, it was like he you completely had his respect and trust to be making the decisions to use the exertions that you needed. Mm. So, but it was great. It was great to do things like insane proposals. I shouldn't use the word insane, but like yeah. uh, less familiar proposals uh, at the outset of class. Right. Um, and same thing with Fighting Monkeys. So yeah. when I encountered them like the first exercise we did it was like okay partner up sit on the ground and sitting next to your partner try to push each other down on the ground all the way nice <laughs> so it was like something that had like this competitive spirit yeah it was like i had no idea how to do it actually when i was sitting next to my person i was like i don't know how to do you know like yeah yeah then all of a sudden you're just in this mode of you know, grabbing anything you can do, you yeah. know, like thinking of my sibling or, you know, like whatever, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I guess I'm just, but then, you know, but also technically speaking, it was like a really limited position to be in because I was sitting down. Yeah. It's not like you're standing above somebody yeah. and you can push them, you know, and then there's also kind of like this mild threat of some kind of a violence, like, you know, yeah. you're trying to pin somebody down. But uh, yeah, and so that was kind of connected in this same way that like Peter would, propose these less familiar things at the outset of class or that seem, yeah, yeah, you know, like the spins and the whatever else we did, all the skips and the skipping fast and all those other great the things. And then, yeah. and then here I was, minute one, like pushing somebody down to the ground and being pushed. Right. So a totally different exertion, not like feel the floor, like feel mm -hmm. the wind. It wasn't this world. It yeah. was push your partner down to the floor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I and I connected to that, and I think I still connect to that because I'm curious about it. I think I'm curious about. I think I'm both curious and suspicious about. Actually, I read a great thing today. There was this woman, um, a practitioner whom I've never met, but who now and then, you know, I'm friends with on social media, but right. we don't know each other. But uh, she said something like. 
uh, like how important mo- uh, how important movement is to mitigate stress. Mm. Like moving is like a really important part of uh, like uh, alleviating stress. I guess yeah, mitigating stress, alleviating stress, and I think. You know, so I'm like making big assumptions, maybe, but like I think part of some of the thinking somewhere in the Finding Monkey work must be like we need to encounter stress, mm. <laughs> and we need to use movement to figure out. Uh, I think both how to relate to it and then how to see how to kind of expand our perception of what our options are in the face of something stressful. Right. Which is very nice. It's so nice. Yeah. It's very direct in a way. It is. I found it just like relying on the intelligence of your body. Mm -hmm. And also, like for me, it was like, oh, this is like playing with my kid. Mm -hmm. Which is so satisfying. And so um, access is a part of, access is a part of myself that, you know, kind of don't do anymore. It's about play and about extremes. Mm-hmm. That is, um, it's joyful, mm-hmm. and also ignites that like competitive, fierce part of myself, which mm-hmm. is also super fun. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, it's part of being human. This yeah. like competitiveness. Yeah. Even though we try to not have it be part I of what know. we do. Why do? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I've been doing a little bit mm. of reading about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just like the, well, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't retain much of what I read, but I do read. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'll be, you know, it's all about connections, right? Yeah, yeah. uh, So I just, I just keep trying. And then at some point something uh, gets connected a little bit better and Mm -hmm. then I'm able to recall it or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know, you know, like, yeah, competition. We we need to put a pin in this, as they say. I'll co- we'll come back to we'll it. We'll have to come back to it, yeah. Because I I can't. It's not in it's not in the top of my mind. I wanted yeah. to say something else about being like playful. Also, we need to put a pin in that. I can't remember. No okay, I'm gonna rely on you, the interviewer, <laughs> to steer. We're us gonna come back to play, <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna come back to competition. Yes. Um, <laughs> and if for some reason we don't, then the next time you're in town, yeah, um, we'll have to do follow up. Um, Okay, I'm going to ask you a question as an educator. Okay. Can you think of something that you find yourself always saying uh-huh. or always coming back to? Is there something that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm saying this again. Is there anything like that that you can think of? Well, I use the word meaningful a lot. Mm. I don't know, because it seems like a good... A good, I guess, a good idea to have in the room to like help us steer what it is we're striving for. <laughs> yeah, right. Meaningful, as in, can be something that's related to the practitioner or myself. You know, is something that we're considering when we make decisions about how we're trying things, like how we're approaching things, or mm-hmm. or not. You know, so as opposed to this kind of arbitrary idea of perfection or mastery, it's like, well, do you think it would be meaningful to try it that way to you? And that can mean, you know, like, say, for example, like the other day we were in the SFU atrium with the modest artists 
And yeah, and I was saying like, okay, I was like, this is our chance to see what this space is all about, you know? Yeah. So like, just go push the edges of things or not, like whatever you think is gonna be meaningful to you. Like this is this is your chance. Wow. So go into London Drugs or Nestor's Market. <laughs> Get in there and then come back in and see what it's like. Buy a lipstick, let's see what uh, happens. Let's see what happens. You know, like go run, to, like go out the doors, be down the street and see. Like, see if you can still see the basketball net. Right. Like, is that an interesting place to start from? Like, I want your feedback, you know? Right. Like, see what that's all about. Go to the top of the little swirly staircase. Yeah. I don't know, all that stuff. You know, you touch the edges. Going to the edges, you know, you got to try. You got to try. You, well, I mean, I, well, I think it's meaningful to try. I, I do too. I think you get great feedback. And, uh, and then that just keeps informing your process. And you're giving agency to to the performers yeah. by asking, is it meaningful to you? Yeah. And just asking everyone to consider that, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty potent and not that common. Um, nice. Is it meaningful? Yeah. That's good. Meaningful. Yeah. Um, okay, you kind of talked about this before. <laughs> As I put my hands together like mm -hmm. Dr. Evil. Um, <laughs> Where do you usually start when you're creating? Or is there, I know it's kind of like a dorky question, but it is like when I, when I do these interviews, I often will ask um, like younger artists, mm -hmm. what is a question that you want answered? If I'm talking to another creator and that question comes up, comes up often yeah. about starting, about uh, inspiration, about you know, finding the, I talk about like the, the core, the spine of what you're making. Your face is indicating <laughs> that, I'm sorry listeners, you can't see <laughs> what I see, but, um, which is basically like, just, like I, I do not feel equipped to answer that question. I do. Really the yeah. answer is that I don't really have a question. Does it just happen? No. Is there just things that are interesting to you? Of course. And do you follow them? I try. Yeah. I will say, I think, so I wrote this application to, uh, to choreograph for Ballet BC. Great. Oh. It wasn't a great application, because oh. I, I really didn't have an idea. Right. Because I don't really think of myself as a choreographer, even though I love making things. Which is interesting. So, listeners, don't let being a choreographer or not being a choreographer dissuade you from making things. And the whole... It's I a mean, big word. Define choreographer. <laughs> like, I challenge you. Because we were, I was talking this morning with <laughs> Leslie Telford, and she was talking about this choreographer who said to her, well, I don't know how to make up steps. Yeah. And, of course, that is just as legit as the person who can make up the, like... Like, I'm like... If you ask me to count, I'm like, oh... Um, but somebody else, I've run into people who are like, well, if you can't count, you're not a choreographer. Yeah. Um, but so, like, what it, like, choreography, it's, you can choreograph anything. Yeah, it's too big. Stuff. It's too big of a word. I it think is. making things, I'm, I'm happy to be at this point in my career where I'm, I'm making things in this way. Right. And this is your, this is your modality of making right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I could be at home painting a picture, but he, now I'm with the modus artists right. and we're reinventing remounting this thing um, 
Yeah, I think people are important, the individuals in the room. Anyway, so I bring up the application because there was definitely this moment in the application, you know, in my project proposal where I was like, you know, and then I'll do the tasks and then so that I can observe the artists and learn more about who they are. You know, and as I was writing it, I was like, this just sounds horrible. Like, someone's <laughs> going to be reading this and being like, this person just sounds like they don't have a clue, you know, like an airhead. What kind of, a, this isn't a grounded process. Watch the artists and learn who they are but this is in fact something so important to me see that would i would that would jump <laughs> off the page to me because really? as i was writing totally. i was like for sure this isn't gonna work <laughs> oh it's that's so interesting of course i don't work for ballet bc and <laughs> probably never will so my opinion doesn't matter right now <laughs> But I think I think for sure. I mean, especially so because I'm I'm really new. I'm really new in this modality of making things. Mm -hmm. I feel, and I'm also really quite new when it comes to teaching, uh, and practicing in the way that I am. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I'm I just you know I don't. There's so much more that I don't know than what I do know. Yeah. So observation and observation of the others really using the other people who are in this space with me yeah. as like a massive resource sounding board a source of feedback is like something that I'm turning to all the time is so important for me to be able to keep renewing the ways that I'm seeing the people that I'm with or understanding mm. what it is they're working on right yeah yeah and I think I mean that probably one of the things that really like drew me to your work was that holding of the individual as 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 meaningful as who they are mm -hmm. and who they are, and I can I can see that in the work. Mm. Um, what do you think gets in your way? Uh, I, I mean, I'm very are you totally liberated. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm I think I'm very distractible. Mm. Mm. You know, the usual suspects, distractible. Yeah. Uh, I procrastinate a little bit. Yeah. I'm not a great planner, but that also helps me really rely on, really use the strategy of seeing people in the room. Mm -hmm. That really ignites something different of my engagement of observation. Yeah. Uh, engaging my, my, my uh, observant capacity or whatever. Um, I don't know, what else? I don't know, self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the boring ones, the ones that are a little sad to talk about. Oh. <laughs> Distractible procrastinator. What's that over there? I Not a point. Oh. Self-confidence. Do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, I think it's I think it's useful in a way because we all I think we all have these. I mean, if really. you don't have those things, I have big questions. Then what kind of what kind of a person are you? Who are you? <laughs> What kind of monster? Are you a robot? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you care about others? Do. Are you just bulldozing your way through everything? Mm. And I think we know people like that. Oh. No. oh. Um, and um, okay, my last question before we loop back to competition okay. and play, which I have not forgotten about. Okay, great. Um, it's just because I'm a parent and I'm used to like half being able to have half a thought, mm -hmm. get totally distracted, and then come back to that thought. I'm not a parent. I feel like that's going on for me. 
this is my excuse. <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, it's a crutch. The you, kid's a crutch. I don't really. think you need to excuse it away. I mean, just be like, this is how it is. Kids, no kids. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's true. It's true. Um, okay, can you share one or two concrete, manageable things that you do, which you've kind of already said, perhaps you've already addressed this, mm-hmm. to stay creative, sane, functioning as an artist? Um, concrete things. Well, I love using my body. Yeah. So doing some kind of a practice seems really important. Do you do something every day? No. Yeah. I would, I would, it is my, in my goal. Yeah. To do something every day. So attached to that Mm -hmm. uh, thing that I do or that I strive to do is also uh, trying to, I feel like I'm constantly trying to reconceptualize how long I should expect for something to like, like, how do you say that? How, I try to constantly reconceptualize how long it's gonna take to do something. Oh. Because this gets in the way a lot. Today I had this thought, so I've been studying fighting monkey practice since 2015. Yeah. There's this like one core part of the practice, which are called the zero forms, mm-hmm. which I, I have been learning and practicing since 2015, but yeah. it's still not a regular practice. Right. And today I did have the thought, I was like, maybe it just took me five years before I could start making this a daily practice. Or maybe I'm still in the part of the process where I'm working on it being a regular practice. Right. So that's to say, I feel I have this expectation mm-hmm. that that should have already been installed, and it's ah. not. But maybe I just don't really understand what this process is well enough, and I should feel fine that I'm still working on integrating it as a daily thing. So something of that, like yeah. conceptualization, how long does it take to do things, like what are our expectations, like trying to negotiate those types of things or understand the dynamic of those things better and how they're tied to what I do and how I do things. Yeah. I feel like I'm, tr- I'm wor- uh, this is something I'm actively doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which- something so uh, important about expectations. Oh, yeah. About examining that, hey? Yeah. 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 Right on. Um, you want to say anything about competition or play? I do. So I think sometimes when I read things about competition, and again, I have a limited perspective on competition because I've only had the experiences that I've had with it, <laughs> which <laughs> up to this point have been pretty, you know, docile and, you know, I don't feel, I feel like it's been fine for me, competition. Right. Um, Is that, uh, yeah, sometimes when I read things about competition, I feel like I'm reading about an experience where competition really negatively impacted someone's ability to do something or to learn or to have agency or, but I was reading this article not so long ago that was in discussing competition in yeah. some way. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was in a place written by a person. <laughs> so, or maybe a collection of people. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, it, so it got me thinking and I was like, well, you know, so they use the word collaboration. So competition's a collaboration. Yeah. Because That's the competing parties <laughs> have agreed to be there. Yep. So you're collaborating. And I feel like sometimes this gets too lost in the discussion of collaboration. It's like, actually, we're working on something together. Yes. Because don't you want to be (laughs) collaborating with people and give you a little pushback who question? Whatever it is. Pushback, question. Like, there's, I think it's, competition is really, I think we're too reductive sometimes when we talk Mm -hmm. about competition Mm -hmm. and its impact or its influence. If it's too quick to say is it positive or is it negative and why and actually there's all this beautiful nuance uh, when we if you, we really want to crunch away a competition like uh, like from this idea of agreement collaboration like I think this is the word that they used actually skillful collaboration which is actually like another like ooh, it is right skillful collaboration totally yeah. but you know uh, like, I feel like I've been in the room with some, uh, like, through the Fighting Monkey practice, they're very uh, amazing at bringing in um, practitioners from different disciplines, some of whom are athletes. And, you know, like, I feel like I want to make a general statement and say, like, all the athletes that they bring in are talking about things like respect for their competitor, mm. how they enjoy, like, the energy of the other person. Like, nobody's ever, like has these hard things to say about competition. It's really about you meet someone and it's like this act of actually something quite generous. Even if what you're doing looks so, is manifesting in this way that looks quite, you know, maybe violent at times Mm -hmm. or um, antagonistic or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever kind of those negative, negative things are, which are part of it. But, you know, would you say it's a paradox? Is that the right word? It's like involves all kinds of things. It yeah. involves generosity and antagonism and like some violent energy and agreement and collaboration. Like yeah. it's so nuanced. Yeah, and I feel like I'm just like trying to think about like nature. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you looked at, my sister's a biologist. I'll ask her about this. Awesome. But like if you see, if there's probably no species of mammal that does not engage in competition yeah. in some form. I'm totally talking out of my hat. I love it. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> of all the nature programs I've seen, mm-hmm. I've always seen animals going at it and and then resolving and things get learned. And I mean, even like kids, like they're constantly in competition. Yeah. What was the other thing I was thinking about today? So another word that gets tossed around in Fighting Monkey is the word alchemy. And uh, mm-hmm. so also some of the practice like has its roots in a, in a traditional practice. So again, this is not something I can, <clears throat> I'm like, I, I, my, my knowledge is limited. But if yeah. you were going to think like you're a, a blacksmith, like yeah. someone who works with metal, to shape the metal, you have to heat it up. Right. Like, so if we were going to be really, sim- if I'm going to be really simple with this metaphor and mm-hmm. we're thinking about like, in this example, what the, like, kind of what the stress or, like, the competitive element is. Like, right. it's the heat. You're getting things hot. 
It's yeah. Gonna, it's fucking hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In that heat, you're going to be able to refine the properties of the metal mm. and also, you know, shape the blade or what, whatever else happens in the blacksmithing world. You know what I mean? Blacksmith stuff. It's, it's, really, it's really blacksmithy. It's amazing what happens. Check it out. Yeah. And you have a sword or a necklace or... But yes, this transformation does is not, you know, yeah, yeah. heat's part of it. Yeah. Heat's part of transforming. We, we see it every time it rains and then the water dries up. Like, I just, I just don't mm. know how we can, or why we would want to eliminate one part of the cycle. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. No, I don't know. You ask your, your, sis, your sister, My the sister, biologist. My sister, the biologist. So, so yeah, think, thinking about, yeah, these, yeah. I don't know, but back to the, but also back to the body, you know, like the body's so intelligent. So also thinking about if we're designing practice and thinking about what we want to include, I think part of that questioning and certainly part of the questioning for me is I'm thinking about like, well, what are the things that I can do that I keep using the word illuminate. So maybe that's another Mm -hmm. word I should (laughs) put in your manifesto. Well, put back to that question you asked me, like, what are the words? Yeah, yeah. That are that are making visible to me, or obvious to be, or available to me, the intelligence of my body. Right. So I think right now I'm in a big mode of not imposing some kind of intelligence on my body, but I'm mm-hmm. really just kind of like, what do you what do you got? Like, what is this organism all about? That's kind of why how I'm trying to shape mm-hmm. things a little bit with that in mind. How can I learn more about my body's kind of innate intelligence? Is that what you'd say? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like when you're playing with your kid, it's like some things are becoming really obvious <laughs> about yeah. what your body can do. Yeah. Or staying up late. Yeah, I have another good friend who has like a toddler and you know, you're like, oh, these these capacities of the body. Body can do incredible things. The body can do incredible Way things. Way smarter than we think it is. Like I know, I'm always saying, I'm always like, just get your mind out of the way <laughs> so that this, you like rely on your yeah. body because it's, um, oh going to tell you all kinds of things that you haven't had no idea about I know and I think as we age too I'm like I'm definitely like you know your body the body changes so much and it's it's that you know we've control as dance as dancers I think of control control you know I gotta make it do this I gotta make it do this mm-hmm. and then getting to a point of of just letting myself be led by what my body can do. Yeah. And and not underestimate what it can do. I mean, aren't there things to appreciate about the aging body? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shit, I should have prepared an answer for that. I was really unprepared. Um Yeah, there are. There there totally are. There totally are. I mean, You'd probably be a lot smarter about what you do. Totally, I do, I use I'm way more economical mm-hmm. about how I move. I don't just like muscle everything, and and now I wear knee pads mm-hmm. instead of when I was younger and thought that that was you know a cop out, which was super stupid because I've got bone chips in my knees. Just a little public you know public health announcement there. Yeah, wear knee pads. Um, well, you can wear knee pads, or you can just work smarter on your knees. That did not occur to me in my my late 20s. Yeah, Yeah, like we were doing this thing on the floor the other day in class, and I was like, this is your moment. If you want to be on your knees, 
mm-hmm. figure out how you want to be there. Well, that, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bony part. It's a hinge joint. Like, yeah. it's not like your hip. <laughs> it's a different. How are you going to shift on your knee if you really want to be there? You right. really want to work on it as a strategy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I that's mean, what technique is all about. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, wear knee pads if you don't feel prepared to give it that kind of attention, of course. <laughs> 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 you don't feel like, eh. Screw my knees. Um, no, don't, because you, don't you only have the one set. You only have the one set. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Is there anything else? Is that it? I mean, we could go on and on and on. Um, I feel like, no, I, I mean, maybe I do have chances to talk like this. <laughs> but you not know, really. No. It's a rare occasion. It's a rare occasion. And uh, every time I, ta- I talk to an artist... Yeah, we get to like this point, 45 minutes, where it's like, we've just, we're just starting and there's so many things to talk about. It's so super, super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I am going to ask you one more question. Yeah. I just, can you talk about the title of the piece? Yeah. Because it's such a great title. Is it? It is. It is. Is this really the stuff people want to know about? <laughs> This is what I want to know. Well, because, so, so the title is Line, Starting Line, Practical Questions, Disappear, Solos and Small Groups, Swirling Space All Together. Yeah. I mean, those are some of the things that happen or some of the things that they do. Right. Yeah, that's it. It's great. It's a great, I... I, at first I was like, where's the title? Where's the title? And then that's like kind of describing. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> that's the title. Which was, I found really refreshing because there's so much like, you know, the one word title and the snappy title and the cool title. And and it's just, it okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't be any of those other things. I can only be the list of the words of the things that are happening. <laughs> There's it. nothing fancy. It's yeah, but yeah. it's 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 poetic in its not fanciness. Yeah, it's very plain for yeah. sure. I'm in the poetry of the plain mm-hmm. zone. The, the poetry of the plain. Nice. We can spend a lot of time talking about that too. Yeah. All right. We'll have to do another one. Okay. Um, really appreciate your time, and I will post the the links to the artist mentioned the. Vancouver International Dance Festival, Fighting Monkey, your website, all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank Thank you. you so much. Until next time. And that's it. Thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us at Tara Cheyenne TCP and Facebook Tara Cheyenne Performance. You can support this podcast at terrashyan.com, upper right-hand corner, donate, or in the show notes. And all the links talked about in the interview will be in the show notes. Thank you so much to Alana Kreveld for taking the time to sit down and talk to me here in Vancouver. Thanks to our composer, producer, Mark Stewart, markstewartmusic.com. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a Tara Cheyenne performance production. And now I have to go pick up my kid from school. Have a good one. This podcast is effing good. good.